everyone i have been doing free weekly ayurveda satsangas on zoom this last sunday april 26th the topic for the satsanga was fix your digestion fix your life in this satsanga we have talked all about digestive fire agni that is what is called in ayurveda so please listen to this recording that was done on zoom last sunday Okay, who all have joined? Sorry, we are just having some technical difficulties here. Um, Donatella, Lulu, Stephanie, Vimla, Melanie. Hi, Melanie. Nice to see you. Hi. Um, Rupa. Okay. Hi, Rupa. Hey. Can you hear me? Yeah, but a little faint, and then it kind of uh, stretched out. And Deepa, I don't know who is Deepa. Then I know Vimla, Deepika. Welcome, Sherry. Welcome. There are some new faces. How is everyone doing? Good. As good as can we be. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, the time you guys I'll say that again, yeah. please. Someone was saying something. Sorry. No, we are as good as can be, but yeah. the times that are around us. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. Um. So what time is it? Okay. It's four thirty-five. Okay, so uh, thank you all for joining uh, this Ayurveda Digestion. Um, so before we get started, uh, there are a few familiar faces. We've been doing this weekly satsanga. This is the third one we've been doing. So I see some familiar faces, but also some new ones. So just quickly let me know if you are completely new to Ayurveda or you know about it so that I get an idea, please. If you uh, speak out, it's the easiest. If not, then uh, write it in the chat section. I do my video. Everyone familiar with Ayurveda? Mm -hmm. I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> um, love Ayurveda. Sherry, oh, great. Deepika, yes, good. Very nice. So, in this pandemic, I thought the topic we should have is also on digestion, which is pretty appropriate. Um, yes, familiar with Ayurveda. Thank you, Deepa. So, the first topic we had was on Ayurveda fumigation, like how to do, do a natural disinfectant to purify our home inside and also purify our mind. And our second, second satsanga was on 
anxious, fearful, and worrying mind. So I think the third satsanga, I thought I would dive into digestion because there are quite a few requests coming in. Would you talk a little more on digestion? And the foundation of Ayurveda is digestion. So it is appropriate for us to get going. And just before I start, a little housekeeping. Uh, we have about 10 to 12 people joined today. And I would like to give an opportunity for everyone to ask questions. So please be mindful if you are the only one asking <laughs> too many questions. Please give room for others to ask. And if you have any specific health issues, I won't be able to address it here because this is more generic on uh, telling you what the digestion on uh, and how Ayurveda looks at it. But if you have any specific questions, send me an email and you may want to uh, take a consultation with me because... I have to know your mental personality, your physical personality to give you an answer right away. Ayurveda is customized to cellular level. So I just can't pop an answer for you. Even if I want to give it to you, I need to really profile you for a specific um, issue or a disorder you have. So let's get started. Um, so namaste. This has been a global greeting now everywhere. No handshakes, no hugs. So namaste to each and every one of you for joining the satsanga. I'm so happy to have you. And as um, there are about two or three um, of my clients joining today, so that is really uh, nice. And they know I start everything with a prayer, and this is one of my favorite prayers. So let's just begin. Uh, close our eyes, get ourselves centered, and just be ready to receive the wisdom of Ayurveda today. Sarvesham Swastir Bhavatu Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu Sarvesham Purnam Bhavatu Sarvesham Mangalam Bhavatu Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. So before I begin all my satsangas, presentations, webinars, whatnot, I always begin with the blessings of my guru. And my guru is Paramahansa Yogananda. Most of you may be familiar. Um, he's the author of the spiritual classic, Autobiography of a Yogi. And um, in this life, I got introduced to my guru in 1996. So I just take his blessings before we begin anything on Ayurveda. If you have any questions, please let me know. This is a very interactive session and uh, we can take questions as we go along. So can everyone hear me properly? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Yes. Akshara, do you want to have everybody mute until they're ready to talk so you don't get the background noise? I just uh, muted oh. all. I did mute everyone. So if you have to ask a question, please unmute yourself, okay? So as I said, foundation of Ayurveda is Agni. Agni is a Sanskrit word um, from a Western interpretation. You can say this is a metabolic fire. 
And Agni is very, very important to keep us healthy, have a strong immune system. And during this virus pandemic, we are all wanting to have strong immune system. And everybody is paying more attention to their health. Never in our lifetime, um, we have realized the, the real wealth is health. You might be a billionaire. And if you don't have strong immune system right now, it is really very challenging. So immune system is the real wealth for us and Agni is directly connected to it. If you have an optimum Agni metabolic fire, you have a strong digestive fire that translates to strong immunity, strong mental personality. So as we go along the slides, you will understand why digestion is so crucial and important in Ayurveda. So this is what it says. This is a translation directly from the Ayurvedic text, Ashtanga Hridaya. This is the, also the Upanishads. It's ancient Vedic text uh, where it was first written in palm leaves. Um, no disease, nor old age, nor harmful thoughts, nor wrongful desires. Even not death for one who has mastered the agni of self-realization. So it is that important. I just wanted to set the stage here. If you have realized and conquered the fire of self-realization, what that means is if you are spiritually enlightened, a master, all this, you will transcend disease, you will transcend old age, your thoughts. In fact, you will be in a state where no thought comes into your mind. It's just a silent sattvic vacuum, they call it, in a highly spiritual state. And those states are also called as different stages of samadhi. Um, so that, that is the highest agni that we all are aiming for. And that is a very lofty goal Ayurveda has put is, yes, the purpose of Ayurveda is to um, keep us healthy, to also protect us from major diseases. But the main goal of Ayurveda is to take us to the door of liberation. So it is very spiritual. It is taking you to the path of enlightenment, to know your higher purpose in life. So there is someone else joined. So let me just approve them. So there are different forms of Agni. This satsanga is the fire of life. And in that fire of life, we are focusing on the digestive fire. But the, I just want to let you know what the fire of life is. So in yogic philosophy, the fires are the fire of our andamai kosha. I didn't write that. That is the physical body we can see through our two eyes. How many are yoga teachers here? Just raise your hand or just um, write in the chat. So the yoga people will be more familiar with this. So there are five agnis in our uh, body which uh, coincide with our subtle bodies. So the first one is this body that we see, your body, my body with the two eyes. It's called as Annamai Kosha. It is built with the food we eat. So that is Anna Agni. Then the second layer, the four layers after that is subtle sheets in this. And that really keeps us healthy mentally and physically. The second sheath is called as Pranamai Kosha and that is Pran Agni. So what analogy I give to my clients is like you're wearing a shirt, right? Everyone is wearing something today. Imagine there are four invisible shirts within the shirt. That's how this physical body is. There is four invisible to the two physical eyes, but can you feel it and sense it through your third eye that is at the point between the eyebrows? 
So the pranamai kosha has pran agni, that is the energy sheath body. And then underneath pran, just beneath the pranamai kosha is manomai kosha. It is the mental or the emotional body. And that is the mana agni. And then beneath that is viveka agni, means um, it is the wisdom uh, body, the discrimination body. So, um, and that also coincides with the point between the uh, eyebrows here called as Ajna Chakra. So it's the Vigyanamai Kosha. Vigyana means wisdom or knowledge. And then the fifth um, Kosha, the highest Kosha is an, an, Ananda Agni. And that is Annamai Kosha. I'm sorry, Anandamai Kosha, meaning bliss consciousness. So that is the highest form of spiritual state. And all these four invisible sheets in influence us to live our life, how we live our life, what thoughts we think, what words we utter, and what actions we do with these two hands is determined by all these agnis in as per the yogic philosophy. Any questions here? The essence of creation is light. This is what my guru said. Like before this creation even started, I mean, I go into Sankhya philosophy is what they call it in the uh, yogic and Ayurveda text. In the Ayurveda certification courses I offer, we go into Sankhya philosophy where it tells us how the creation was made. And it's very fascinating to learn that. And in that, we come to know the essence of all this creation is light. Light meaning energy. Energy meaning fire. So, um, so as you go deeper and deeper, it's just mind-blowing how all this came into being with just five elements, uh, the building blocks of creation. Now, in Ayurveda, the same Agni is differentiated in a little different way. Jatar Agni. Let me know if any one of you are familiar with these words. Jatar Agni is the fire of digestion. Again, these all words come from the language of Sanskrit. And this is the main, this is the king of digestion. This is the main Agni. After that comes Vishma Agni. It's fire of Vata Dosha. Um, as you all are familiar with Ayurveda, so you know what is Vata, Pitta and Kapha constitution. So the Vata people, when they have Vata dominant constitution, the Visham Agni is very influencing their mind and body. And same is true if it's Pitta dominant. I'm a Pitta dominant personality. So Tikshna Agni is what I need to be careful. We are heading into summer now. I live in Arizona, believe it or not. And we have, it's almost 102 today. So we started our first triple digits for summer. Um, so every year it's scary. It's really brutal. And I have to be very careful on Tikshna Agni. But of all the summers, for some reason, I'm happy we're into summer now because um, there has been study coming up and Ayurveda doctors have already told me is um, it is the heat that kills coronavirus pretty rapidly. So I'm excited we are into summer for that reason this year. And then Kapha Dosha. So that is another personality. If your personality is Kapha dominant, then Mand Agni is what influences you. And they have a little bit of a slow digestion. That's why it's called Mand Agni. Mand again is Sanskrit word. Manda means slow. And what we all these three doshas are aiming to have is Samana Agni, meaning balance. Samana means balance. Balance of all the doshas, keeping you in an equilibrium state. 
So that is the fire of balance. When your Agni in the digestive fire, the solar plexus is balanced, then you have optimum digestive fire is what Ayurveda talks about. So let's see, there are two chats here. Uh, yes, do they go in order? No, never heard. What do you mean by that, Stephanie? Can you elaborate a little? I didn't quite get it. Sure, that was on your last slide. I just had a question. Um, on, on yoga? On the yoga, yeah. Do they have to go in order necessarily? or? See, that's how it is built. Like if, you, if a highly spiritual enlightened being saw our physical body, he will see this body of Akshita, then beneath this, he'll see pranamai, then manomai, then vijnanamai, then anandamai kosha. So if you, in that way, there is a sequence. But if your question is related, which fire influences when do they have to go through that sequence? Not necessarily. Okay. Thank you. Does that answer your question? I mean, like, let's say you become very nervous, okay, for mm -hmm. some reason. Um like uh, suddenly you feel like you know everything is contracting you really you know we go into our shell that time the pranamai kosha is impacted a lot but let's say um suddenly whatever that news is that made you fearly and all of a sudden it turned out to be very positive okay it's like wow this is something amazing then suddenly you'll feel joy so from pranamai you can jump to anandamai kosha too the emotions okay. can fluctuate anywhere if they are not sequential at all. And, and we know in our life, the life is roller coaster. If you just observe uh, all your waking state, let's say eight, eight hours to 10 hours of our waking state, if you really pay attention and do everything consciously and not mindlessly, you will see our emotions are on a roller coaster way few seconds we feel happy something we read so again uh, we go into a shell something happens so there are different types of emotions running just in that eight hour to ten hour spectrum imagine that happening all our life so yeah. the yoga purpose of yoga and ayurveda is no matter what happens you keep that energy in a steady state that equilibrium you know and if there's yoga uh, teachers here uh, Patanjali Sutra, Yoga, Chitta, Ritti, Niroda. That is one of the sutras main is like the purpose of Ayurveda is to balance that roller coaster ride for mind, our emotions, to bring it into balance. And all that happens with the fire. And this is all directly related to our fire of digestion, believe it or not. If you don't have optimum digestion, Ayurveda gives it in writing that there is no way you'll be mentally stable, emotionally stable, or physically stable. You will just go with wherever the life takes you. Any questions? That was good, Stephanie. Thank you. No, thank you. Appreciate that. So did you guys understand the Agni of Ayurveda? Any questions here? No? Okay. So if you have questions, please let me know. Now, this is five senses, how they, it's digestion. When we hear the word digestion, we think we digest through our mouth, right? That is true. We eat food through our mouth. We drink liquids through our mouth. So that is digestion, yes. But we also digest, more importantly, through other four senses too. And this is Shabda, Sparsha, Rupa, Rasagandha. Again, these are Sanskrit words. 
Shabda meaning hearing. That's why there's the sign ear there, the symbol. Sparsha is touch. So we also take, consume data through the touch. We consume data through the ears. We also consume data through our eyes. That's rupa. We consume everything through our tongue. That's our food. And then we also consume stuff with our smell, with our nose. Now, coming back to our virus pandemic, if you have observed, they, had, they have said two recent symptoms of coronavirus. What are those? Lack of smell and lack of what? Anyone wants to take a taste? Taste. Perfect. So if you see in this picture, the tongue and the nose is on the right spectrum. Do you see that? What this is in Ayurveda, Ayurveda immediately said it's an imbalance of kapha dosha, the coronavirus. And I had posted this on my Facebook page when this came out. These are the five sense organs of our body. And Shabda Sparsha are the most subtle ones. Rupa is in the middle, the eyes. It is subtle and gross. But Rasa and Ganda, that is the taste and the smell, is the grossest two elements of the data consuming. And these two elements belong to the Kapha Dosha. So if you have also done yoga and you know the chakra system, the seven chakras, if you see our root chakra, the first chakra, the Mooladhara, the element is earth. But the, the taste organ associated with that is smell. So the root chakra is associated with smell. And then rasa, the taste, is associated with our second chakra, the sacral chakra called swadishthana chakra. Again, taste is water element, and that belongs to the kapha dosha. So the water and earth element get imbalanced when coronavirus hits someone. So there is a huge imbalance of kapha dosha, according to Ayurveda. And I am very fortunate every week on Zoom, I get to talk and learn from the top Ayurveda doctors um, who are on the front line um, attacking coronavirus with Ayurveda. And they've seen many positive results. And that's when they had told us way before we came to know that smell and taste is the two symptoms, that this is a kapha imbalance. It's the kapha disorder that makes coronavirus you know, get all complicated. So remember, we digest everything to our five senses. So what kind of news we watch today? What kind of music we hear? What kind of people we associate with? So everything has an impact on our digestion. It's not just about eating foods and drinking liquids, but it's your whole lifestyle and what environment you live in has a direct impact on your digestion. Any questions? No, is this good? Because this is like, you know, we, we are not in a room, so I don't get to understand. Do you like it? Is it boring? Give me some feedback. So it is, we are what we digest is the mantra. And some of my clients who are today know it. This is my mantra to everyone. It's not what we eat. It's not what we talk. It's not what we live. We are what we digest. You may be eating the highest nutritious foods that you can buy, but if those nutrition foods you cannot digest to your constitution, they start to become toxic. And when they become toxic, they eventually get into physical manifestation of disease. So it's not about just eating junk foods. It's also eating good foods, but wrong to your body constitution can become toxic.
So there, okay, there is some chat here. Yes, great. Yes, interesting. This is amazing. Okay, thank you. You guys are very kind. Thank you. I just wanted to check. Um, so my passion is to bring the practical application of Ayurveda. Uh, to everyone because it's too vast and vague people have read many books when they come to me but they don't know how to practically apply in day to day life and my dharma my passion is to make it practical and give it to you in a step by step like spoon feeding it to you to your body constitution so that you can live this life and see for yourself the tangible results and i don't want to go through these slides because um, most of you said you're familiar with ayurveda so i'm going to skip them so we all know it is vata pitta and kapha right and how the um, prakriti and vikruti happens too i'm guessing people know is like i'll take myself as an example i'll quickly touch on this i'm a pitta kapha personality so pitta dosha is dominant in me and kapha is subdominant so this is designed by birth through my karmic pattern of past life it is through incarnation and also influenced by my parents that where i'm born into my dad was pitta dominant my mom was kapha dominant so i got those those doshas so it is pretty much a destined to us when we are born but we have made a choice what dosha we come into in this life and as life happens you know imbalances happen so what ayurveda says is 85 to 90% of our imbalance happens in our dominant or subdominant dosha so most of my imbalances that i have faced in my life have always been for pitta or kapha dosha so i was hypothyroidism when i lost my parents i went through a grief period so hypothyroidism is an imbalance of kapha dosha so see it impacted my subdominant dosha and it also impacted my pitta obviously but generally if any imbalance happens in your body and mind 85 to 90% it happens to your dominant or subdominant dosha So once you know your body constitution it is half the battle is won because then you will know what kind of lifestyle you have to lead for ayurveda So that's what I said this is the vikruti or imbalance happens maybe for grief trauma it may be by the change of season you might be into a toxic relationships coming out what not and maybe lack of purpose you might be going through depression so it is the lifestyle that really makes a huge difference in keeping you balanced or imbalanced in life and stress i don't have to say about it i mean that is the main precursor for us especially during this pandemic so now we come to ayurveda digestion so wrong food combination everybody knows uh, but i'll let you know what are the wrong food combinations per ayurveda it's it's the science of right eating ayurveda is there are certain things you should not combine and especially in the western culture i've seen few things very commonly eaten every day that are really not synergistic so we will look into that later on emotional skipping meals is big i have many clients and some are here on this satsanga too who have skipped meals before but they have been pretty regular now that is also huge on making us lose or digest a fire and figure consciousness women especially vata dominant people are very figure conscious and they kind of go into drastic dieting to maintain their figure and that compromises our agni as well and basically it's the wrong lifestyle so grumpy moods gives you uh, grumpy food gives you grumpy moods is what my teacher always says happy food happy moods 
So to keep our digestion happy, see those smiley faces on our uh, large intestine and everything. <laughs> Fresh home-cooked meal. That is important according to Ayurveda. At least, you know, I know everybody has a hectic lifestyle. I emphasize at least one meal a day, cook it at home, preferably everything from scratch. You will start seeing tangible results on your digestion. Because it's high prana, it is high life energy. Eating from boxes, eating from frozen foods is like dead prana. And local organic, seasonal foods, right food combination, we'll go into that a little later. And eating three meals a day. Ayurveda really emphasizes having breakfast at the right time, having lunch at the right time, having dinner at the right time. That itself keeps your digestive fire working quite good in your life. If you are kapha dominant person, there is an exception there. If you are kapha dominant, you can afford to skip breakfast and go to lunch directly because you are made up of earth and water. You don't really need that much food. Uh, but vata and pitta cannot afford to skip breakfast because pitta will just get cranky and critical. Vata will just get more spaced out so they both doshas cannot afford to miss breakfast but sadly those are the personalities especially vata dominant would love to skip breakfast and that is one of the things i always emphasize is never skip your breakfast because you need food for vata to ground or you will be just uh, running in the air Quick question about this uh, i heard recently that um, depending on the age If I'm um, older, older people, older, like I think over 40, um, need just two meals per day. Yeah, that is true, provided you're living a very sattvic lifestyle. See, they don't give the caveats there. Yes, two meals as you go older. In fact, as I said, my guru is Paramahansa Yogananda, and we have a temple here in Phoenix, and there are a lot of ministers Uh, who live there, and they are quite advanced spiritually. Some of the ministers just finish with one apple. They don't eat anything throughout the day. One minister just has milk and ghee, and then they finish it. So you have to be living a very sattvic lifestyle, um, very spiritual. Then it is possible. If you are having two meals a day, but you are you are working like eight to 10 hours or more, maybe more than that, 12 hours a day. And you have a lot of challenges at your work and you have to meet deadlines. I would not say two meals is sufficient at that time. So are everyone familiar with the three gunas, the tamasic, rajasic, and sattvic gunas? What we are generally, we fall in the rajasic, tamasic, rajasic state, because we are all into making careers, we are, we are in living a worldly life, we have to take care of our family, we have to take care of our kids, we have to be good in our career, we have to make a living, pay our bills and everything, right? In this phase of life, that's called as pitta phase, at that time, skipping meals and going to a day is really not recommended unless you have already become semi-retired in life, you don't have a huge... Uh, deadlines to meet and things like that, then yes, two meals will work for you, provided you're healthy too. If you have major health issues, then I don't think even just two meals is good at that time. So it is case by case, but you can't say just because you're old, you have to go two meals a day. All right. Thank you.
Okay, we finished this. I think there was a question on the chat. Hold on one second. How about fasting? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, how many of you fast here? <laughs> Just out of curiosity. Intermittent fasting. Do you guys do rigorous fasting, like going on a water diet alone or a juice diet alone? There are so many Facebook pages, I mean, posts coming, doing a beet juice, doing a green juice diet alone. So you know, uh, occasionally I won't eat breakfast and will fast until noon. But that's about all I do as far as fasting goes. I consider that, and I try not to talk. Um, but that's about it. Okay, that's not bad. Uh, there are chat. I mean, it would be nice if someone you speak because chat would takes time for me to see. It would be better if you speak up. Um, I don't do intermittent once or twice a week. No breakfast, Deepa. Okay. Uh, I don't. Okay. When do you need to fast? Let me just tell you. Okay. This is, I'm digressing from my slides, but since these questions came, I thought you, you guys would love to hear this. There is a room for fasting in Ayurveda and you should know when to do it. Just because you feel like, okay, now I have taken some time off from work. Let me go into a detox mode. It doesn't happen that way. You have to plan your fasting. It, it is a form of detox, I agree, but it should be gradual. Like if depending on your dosha constitution, like if you are vata dominant personality, then I would say maybe skip the lunch portion, have a heavy breakfast and have a good light dinner and then start from there. If you're with the dominant person, you can kind of just have a little bit of, um, like in summer, you can have a little bit of juice. I don't recommend raw first thing in the morning to anyone, but I'm taking myself as an example in Arizona being brutal when it starts to hit 108, 110, then I might just have a lime drink, lime juice, depending on how my pitta is, and then have an early lunch. So typically, I like to have between 12.30 and 1. So I might start my lunch at 11 o'clock and have energetically cooling foods. Like um, I have black chickpeas. It's called kala chana. You get it in Asian grocery stores. It is energetically cooling, but very high in protein and iron. I make a veggie casserole of it and then have that. And then light dinner, maybe just... Uh, finish it with basmati rice and a little bit of dal and ghee. So that is how I would do like for a week and then see how my body takes it. For kapha dominant person, I would say skip breakfast and have a late lunch, like maybe around one o'clock, but have a lunch which has more legumes, more pulses and more greens. And then for dinner, maybe you can end it up with a soup that is more thin and it doesn't have a whole lot of fiber. So it is like a light soup to end for a kapha dominant person. So start that for a week to two, two and a half weeks and see how it, your body takes and then start the real fasting. I see people going on fast. Okay, I'm going to do a kichri diet and some people do breakfast, lunch, dinner, kichri. You get constipated with that because there's so much of legumes going into the system. You're not used to eating that much legumes. 
there is a room for everything. There is a room for soluble fiber, insoluble fiber. Too much fiber is also bad. Too much water is also bad, according to Ayurveda. And I also want to address if you go on water diet alone and all, don't do it in summer because that will create more acidity in your body. So if you want to do water diet or things like that, do it maybe um, a little bit during the fall or a little in mid-spring, not even early and not even late spring. But during this pandemic, I'm telling everyone to not do any form of detox and any form of fasting. Because right now we want to focus on keeping our digestive fire optimized so we have strong immunity. So I have recommended some Ayurveda herbs. I don't know how many of you have checked my free videos on YouTube where I've given you step by step what to eat during this pandemic, like what herbs to have, what kind of vegetables to have, what kind of legumes to have. Uh, let me know if anyone has checked it out because it's gone to everyone. It's a four-part video and um, I've given everything in detail. And the herbs, if you take those herbs that I have recommended, they are strong detox. Uh, they detox your liver, kidneys, everything. So it, detoxification is happening anyways if you eat that way. You don't have to really put on a rigorous detox because generally here in the U.S. we do spring detox. But I've said to everyone, no spring detox this year, please. And don't compromise your diet. Because when you're detoxing, your digestive fire gets compromised because it's busy taking out the toxins out and the fire gets weakened. And we don't want, to want that to happen this time. So digestion starts with the eyes. So this is what classical Ayurveda tells us. So it is very, very important that you make your food pretty. It has to come synergistically tasty also. The taste is the first step of digestion. It's not digestion doesn't start when the food enters the stomach. Digestion starts with your eyes first, but when you taste it on, the, uh, on your tongue, that's when the saliva knows to tell the digestion what enzymes to secrete. So I very much emphasize everyone to create craft meals that are synergistically tasting foods. It shouldn't be dry and dull. If you don't excite your taste muds, it is guaranteed you will never digest that food fully. And indigested food is toxic. It is ama in Ayurveda. So this feels very simple, but every meal of mine, what I eat is a celebration. I love to make it tasty. I love to make it flavorful. If you follow my Facebook page, you will see I put some photos there. I take time to make my food tasty. It is the taste that strengthens the digestion. So please put that in your mind. If you were to take one thing out of this satsanga today, is make your food synergistically tasty. Oh, oh, I'm eating tasty food. I eat ice cream every day. That is not synergistically tasting food. Synergistically tasting is tasting to your body constitution. Your tongue will know that this, this food is right for your body constitution and it will just embrace it. So it is very important that we make the food synergistically tasty for digestion to kickstart. And high prana food, nutrition is the fuel for healthy agni. So eating, for me, I'll take myself as an example, being pitta dominant. Now in the summer, I'll be eating a lot of cruciferous veggies. Cruciferous veggies are cauliflower, cabbage, broccoli. They are energetically cooling. 
and they are good for my pitta that don't uh, stoke up my tikshnagni you know we saw all the fires of pitta dosha and vata dosha and i eat lot of root vegetables like i'll eat pumpkin pumpkin is not meant to be eaten only on thanksgiving pumpkin is energetically cooling so include pumpkin during summer season because it cools the pitta so it is not about chugging ice cold drinks to lower your body temperature in fact it dehydrates you and makes you more um heated inside so what you do is you eat and drink energetically cooling foods and i drink a lot of coconut water um i do uh, um, yams i do uh pumpkins i make bread out of it i put them in soup so be creative and i don't eat watermelon during summer most of the people most of the ayurveda books say watermelon is good it is not classical ayurveda says watermelon is energetically heating for pitta in fact i had a client in new york she had lot of rosacea and blisters and she loved watermelon i stopped watermelon during summer and she two years now she's never had any rashes or blemishes just taking watermelon out during summer time so even though it is 90 95% water watermelon is energetically heating so even if it comes in summer avoid watermelon if you have pitta issues instead have cantaloupe so this is what digestion looks like in ayurveda so we have six tastes sweet sour salty pungent bitter astringent and as you guys know ayurveda i'm assuming you know all these six tastes and during the summer now that we will be heading into summer it is late spring to summer in arizona it's already summer eat more of sweet bitter and astringent foods what do they mean sweet is not table sugar sweet is energetically sweet when i said um pumpkin when i said root vegetables coconut water basmati rice dates figs prunes those are sweet in taste so eat those and then when i say bitter eat more greens like uh, kale um i do dandelion greens but i would avoid spinach in summer because it's energetically heating spinach really doesn't go well with pitta people if they avoid spinach in summer if you are pitta dominant and uh, astringent is all beans legumes are all astringent celery is also astringent but i avoid celery because it is very very energetically heating in fact if i take celery juice during summer i'll get big blisters on my skin so you have to know because every food has energetics according to ayurveda we change our wardrobe every season right you it makes no sense to wear sweater in brutal arizona heat you will wear linen clothes you will wear cotton clothes just as that even our cooking has to change our intake of vegetable and fruits have to change they have to be also cooling like cotton and linen energetically that will keep our digestive fire strong you can't keep the same diet throughout the year it has to change with the seasons and it also has to change according to your imbalance in your constitution so in ayurveda every food has energetics and virya is the energy like i said tomatoes if you take tomatoes are energetically heating so i don't eat tomatoes during summer or i limit tomatoes during summer cucumber they say cool as a cucumber right so cucumber is energetically cooling i'll include more cucumber in summer so you have to know what is the virya of that food when you're taking just don't look at it as tomatoes and cucumbers 
apply the science of Ayurveda and know the energetics. Okay, if I eat tomatoes, it will be heating to the body. If I eat cucumber, it will be heating to the body. And you will know when to pick it and when not to pick it. And vipaka, the post-digestive effect is very important in Ayurveda. They say that is the real um, important thing because once the food is digested, the nutrients are gone into all the tissues. During uh, our summer season, we have to make sure the foods we eat the vipaka should be sweet, meaning the post-digestive effect should be sweet of those foods, then you won't feel that warm. So if I eat exactly according to Ayurveda for my pitta body, believe me, I don't have to keep my AC running that high because my body is energetically cool. So I can afford to not um, keep my AC blasting all the time and then dehydrating my whole home. I can keep an internal AC running with the right foods and the right liquids. So any questions here? No? No. Melanie, did you have one? Just how do we know if they're cooling or heating, not knowing? I mean, like... Yeah, that is that... Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question because that comes with experience, one. Second is you have to um, know the list of foods that you want, like um some books give it but the only thing i don't um i don't recommend any books for the reason is some things are given wrong like for example watermelon in one of the famous books it said it is energetically cooling and it's really not um but there are certain Ayurveda, at least 80 to 85%, they say it right. Um, so you do get a list of energetically cooling foods. And they, might, they, might, they may not say energetically cooling food. They might say pitta pacifying food, vata pacifying foods, and kapha pacifying foods. So if you Google, you might get a list of them. And, um, and hopefully they are 80 to 85% accurate. And then you can start from there. I mean, that is a good starting point, seeing, okay, these are energetically cooling. And the more you start eating a balanced food, you automatically will learn that intuition. Like if you start eating watermelon and you have been living and eating Ayurvedically, immediately your body will start rejecting it because it's heat to my body. Watermelon doesn't taste good to me in summer because it knows it's not good for me. So my taste buds reject it. It won't give me a very appealing taste. So it comes with time, but you can start by looking into Google Doc, uh, searching on Google like Vata pacifying, Pitta pacifying, or Kapha pacifying, and that is a good starting point to start eating and uh, seeing how it is. If you have any Pitta inflammation, I would strongly suggest uh, go for energetic cooling foods. Right now, I'm getting some client consultations on hives because with this pandemic, people are very stressed and stress. Um, increases pitta and it I mean it is also uh, brings vata and kapha down but just people are having a lot of hives skin issues and that is already because we are getting into we are almost heading into summer but also it is the external environment of not knowing the future and people are really stressed out so at that time we need to go on to a pitta pacifying diet 
So this is what six tastes do. Sweet generally builds tissues and calms nerves. So especially when we are anxious, fearful, we are worrying of the future, then have a little bit of dates and maybe have a glass of milk. You'll feel your nervousness, anxiousness starts to cool down. So sweet is very heavy to digest, but it is excellent to calm the nervous system. So when I mean sweet, eat whole food sweets like dates, figs, uh, basmati rice is good. You can have ghee. Ghee is also sweet in taste. Um, sour food also increases digestive fire. It aids in absorption of minerals. So if there are malnutrition clients, I include a lot of sour tasting foods in their diet. Fermented foods work good if you have malnutrition. Salty foods are good too to balance vata. And that is, you know, most of you might be using high mineral salt or Celtic salt in cooking. Um, having natural salts, salt occurring foods in your body is good. And all seafood vegetables are also good. Um, when I had hypothyroidism, I was low on iodine. So I did do a little bit of kelp and sea um, vegetables. And they, they, it, it did help me a lot in uh, bringing my digestion back because when you have any thyroid issues, it directly impacts your digestion. Bitter, as you all know, it is the liver detoxifier. So all the greens are best to detoxify. But I would say stay away from spinach during summer because it's energetically heating. Pungent is all or garlic, ginger. I have been eating garlic, ginger a lot, but now I'll start reducing because of this virus pandemic. Um, onions is pungent. Astringent is all, as I said, legumes, raw fruits, vegetables. Um, most of them are astringent. Um, and astringent is good to shed your uh, excess weight. And it's very good to not build excess mucus in the body. So if you have any excess mucus, go for astringent foods. It will really kick the extra mucus out. Any questions? So there's also, I just wanted to touch on the water diet and the food diet, how the science of Ayurveda says there is a way, right way of drinking water, when to drink it, how much to drink it, and when not to drink it. But uh, be ready for your questions because I'll be asking after this. It's called Jala Sutra. Jala means water. Sutra is, those are one line strings written in Ayurveda in the scriptures about how to... Um, Drink water. Any Anything that we want to do in this life is written in Ayurveda. I like to call it as a reference manual for life. So there is a right time to drink and there's a wrong time to drink water. So if you were to drink water, it's best to drink 30 or 40 minutes before lunch. Before meal, by the way, sorry, not just lunch. Any meal, have 30 to 40 minutes before. And if you are eating a meal and something gets stuck in a throat and all its common sense, we need water. At that time, you can have a little bit of sip of water to just get it out. But technically, Ayurveda says, don't drink anything. If you were to drink anything, drink something warm to lukewarm to warm, not even hot. The reason is... The, when we are eating, the digestion enzymes have been secreted. So if we start chugging liquids with the food, the digestive enzymes get diluted. So in Ayurveda, they, it strongly emphasizes don't drink and eat. And that's very normal here. People drinking Coke and having their lunch, drinking something. You don't drink while you're eating. That's 
a general rule of thumb. Uh, drink 30 to 40 minutes before and also keep a 30 to 40 minutes gap after a meal just so that your digestive enzymes have done their work fully and you're not coming in between by giving wrong liquids uh, in the stomach. So that is one thing. First thing in the morning, if you're a coffee drinker or whatever, if you really want strong digestive fire, immediately after brushing your mouth, go for a warm water. Now that we are, if you have summers as brutal as Arizona, then go for lukewarm water, have a squeeze of lime juice, little salt, and maybe put pure maple syrup or honey. I don't put honey when we start hitting summer. I might have it till 105 degrees, but once it goes above 105, I don't touch honey because it's very heating for pitta. So have that glass on an empty stomach every day and keep about 15 to 20 minutes gap before you take your breakfast. That itself, that lime juice massages the cells in our body. And that is like deep cleansing. You know, it is like steam cleansing of all the cells is what Ayurveda kind of, I'm paraphrasing it, but that's what Ayurveda says. So have it first thing in the morning. Don't have it during meals. Any questions there? And I'm just going to give you Bojan Mantra. Bojan Sutra is, um, what are the rules when you eat your food? So Shravanam Mananam Nidityasa is one mantra in Ayurveda. It is very popular. It's like, I give an example because I, lo I love Mexican food. So I make really good veggie burritos with all put everything in it, okay? Um, all the black bean, all the roasted veggies, um, and make a really yum uh, burrito or a tacos. I eat the first one. It tastes amazingly good. I'm enjoying it. I go for the second one. If you are aware, and that's why Ayurveda says, be always aware when you're eating, the taste is, even though it's the same taco, the taste will not be as high a note as it was on the first taco or burrito it slightly diminishes because the stomach is giving you a signal to the taste buds i'm getting there i'm getting full so the taste is also not giving you that pleasure it's slowly reducing it by the time i hit the third taco i don't eat three burritos okay i'm just giving you an example i wouldn't be able to afford my stomach would go really mad but i think tacos is better because they are small in portion three burritos is too much but if i go for the third taco it won't taste me good at all it will be like almost my body is saying stop it stop it so that is what we need to be aware of it happens with every food it happens with every meal but what happens is when we are eating we are not consciously eating we are either watching something or we are working on the computer we are talking to someone we are doing some other errand or a activity while we are eating and we are really not aware paying attention if you are paying attention you will see the first portion of the meal it tastes amazing by the time the stomach doesn't want it the taste notes start to decrease that is a sign that you have to stop. So what Ayurveda says is you keep one third of your stomach empty for the digestive energy to flow and digest completely. You don't stuff yourself fully. Then there is no room for it to flow the energy around. So keep one third of your stomach. So if you feel like I might be hungry for one more taco, I might be able to eat it, stop there. Don't eat it. 
So keep that portion empty is what Ayurveda says for optimum digestion. Any questions? Now, somebody got kicked off. Hold on, I have to bring them in again. Oh, but she's not here. That's weird. She sent me a text. Hmm. Any questions? Yeah, I have a question. Uh, you said something about the lime juice. Did I hear it right? Only in the a.m. morning? Yeah, I would say lime, not lemon. Okay, there is a difference. Lime right. is those green ones. Lime right. are energetically cooling. Lime, oh, uh, the lemon are energetically heating. Oh, so most of the, uh, uh, you know, all the newsletters say have lemon drink first in the morning. Don't do lemon, do lime. Lime is more beneficial. Lemon is heating to the body. So buy Thank the you. green good... ones. Right, yeah. I thought the other way, in fact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else I wanted to cover if you don't have any questions? I have one more question. How about ginger water in the AM? Ginger water is good. I would say have it before lunch, not first thing in the I morning. I have it empty stomach in the morning. No, so is that, that will create acidity. Oh, empty stomach. Okay. Yeah. Ginger is a very strong herb and it is very appetizing and it stokes digestive fire very fast. So um, like for me, pit the dominant person or if you have hyperacidity issues or you have gastric issues, you have a history of ulcers, then I would not recommend that person to have ginger juice first thing in the morning. You no, can not juice, I have water, ginger water. Even that is not good, is it? I mean, shredding ginger and then... Yeah, I shred it, I boil and keep the water. I mean, I make a water and keep it for a couple of days and just warm it up in the morning and have it. Yeah, I would say have it 20-30 minutes before lunch. You will okay, see a difference in digestion. But okay, not first thing in the morning, Mimla. It's okay. not a good idea. What would then it's better to have the lime first thing in the morning? Yeah. The first thing is lime. And also now that I remember, I'm just going to uh, share it here. If you, any one of you are having excess mucus buildup, even now, this is just for our virus pandemic. Take Trikutu. You know, go to my um, YouTube uh, videos. Uh, it's on my YouTube channel. Um, it's Trikutu is nothing but three herbs. It's ginger, black pepper and long pepper. Take that, mix it with turmeric, just a pinch of trikutu, put it on a palm, pinch of turmeric, and then add a pinch, not pinch, maybe one-fourth teaspoon of honey, mix it into a paste and have that first thing in the morning. Even if you have pitta imbalance, but if you have excess mucus, this is works amazing to get rid of it. And this is only for this pandemic, I'm saying, not during normal time. Because we don't want excess mucus built up for anyone during this time. So if you have that, do this. It is really, really good. And it's also amazing to keep your immune system strong. Uh, and if you don't get trikutu, take ginger, take cinnamon and take turmeric and mix it with honey and do it. It has not the same benefit as trikutu does, but it is something is better than nothing. But don't avoid, if you have any excess mucus, address it and don't keep it happening during this time. So I just wanted to say that. What's, uh, what's the sequence with the water? You said take uh, the water and drink it before. So you drink the water first and then you take the trick or two with the honey? 
Yeah, you can do that or else if you have too much mucus, I would not do the lime drink. I would just straight away go to Trikutu and then have your breakfast. Because another thing that Trikutu does is it's very, very strong digestive stoker, like fire stoker. So if you have Trikutu with honey and turmeric mixed with it, within the 20 to 30 minutes, you will get very hungry. I mean, if you don't get very hungry within 20 to 30 minutes, something is wrong with you. It is mm-hmm. that appetizing. And it's good because I give this to clients who don't feel hungry. There are a few clients uh, that I have, they never feel hungry. And that is not a good sign. You have to feel hungry in life. And yeah. your hunger in life is directly connected to you feeling hungry every day to eat food. Uh, so I would not do lime drink. If you have excess mucus, don't do lime drink, just do three or two and then go to your breakfast and then have whatever. I would not say coffee, but if you are addicted and you need to have it in the morning, have it after breakfast, not on an empty stomach. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, this is for, uh, I think we went through Visham Agni last time. So let me just show you this one. So if we are heading into summer now, right? So if you have any issues on pitta imbalance, like acidity, acid reflux, skin issues, um, getting cranky, getting angry, critical, um, those stress headaches that are very famous, they are pitta related. Take coriander and cilantro. They are so nice. Coriander seeds and coriander leaves, which is called as cilantro. Now in between those two, which one is cooling? Anyone can tell? Is coriander seeds cooling than the coriander leaves? I would say coriander is more cooling, the fresh coriander. Mm-hmm. Correct. Coriander leaves are cooling because what is the principle of Ayurveda is all nuts and seeds are heating. I mean, there are different degrees of heat, energetically heating, but in general, nuts and seeds are heating by nature. So coriander leaves are cooling and coriander seeds are a little heating compared to coriander leaves. But in summer, coriander seeds can work very well to cool down pitta. You can make a tea out of it. Just boil it, reduce it to like, take two, 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 two and a half cups, reduce it to one cup, mix it with some sweetener and have it. Fennel is excellent during pitta, but if you have excess mucus, don't touch fennel. Shatavari is another Ayurveda herb. It's amazing for reproductive system. It's a very good coolant and it keeps pitta balanced and also vata balanced. Amalaki is a gooseberry fruit. People know it now as amla. It's the highest vitamin C in the plant kingdom. It's excellent to keep the digestive and immune system. So that is very good for summer and guduchi. And again, in that video that I shared on YouTube, guduchi is the best, best Ayurveda herb to build immune system and digestive system. So uh, right now, unfortunately, banyan is out of it. Uh, But if you find it uh, organic, a good reputed brand on Amazon, because there are a lot of fake ones too on Amazon, be careful. Guduchi is one thing you would invest. Um, It really helps to keep the pitta down, it also helps with immunity and it also helps with digestion. So if you were to ask me one Ayurveda herb, uh, if you were to take, I would say guduchi for this from spring to summer. Any questions, people? Are you there? Dozed off? 
the fennel. Fennel, um, I thought you used a little bit of fennel and at the end of a meal to help digestion. But you just said that if you have mucus, don't use it. Say that again, please. That you said that um, not to use the fennel if you have a, um, a too, too much, much mucus. Yeah. But I, but I just heard that, you know, I just learned that you should have some fennel, fennel seeds at the end of a meal to help you digest. Yes, that is true. But that's what I'm saying. This is what it is. Ayurveda is not black and white. I keep saying there are many shades of gray. Just because you read it, you can't blindly apply it. The energetics of fennel is it is um, kapha inducing, meaning it increases more kapha if you eat a lot of fennel seeds. It is a coolant, yes. And it also aids in digestion, yes. But it increases mucus if you eat quite a bit. If you're eating just like a one-fourth teaspoon after meal, it should be fine. But fennel seeds, some people like it a lot because it has a sweet taste to it. And they eat like two to three teaspoons. So if you eat two to three teaspoons every day, it will start building mucus in your body. No, so no. it 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 one teaspoon at the most, uh, not all, not every day even. So. Yeah, just few seeds is fine. But if you have excess mucus in your body, that's when I said don't do fennel. If you don't have excess mucus, then fennel is good for everyone. So you need to know. That's why Ayurveda says when, how, and how much. You have to always uh, tailor it to you personally. You know, you cannot say one size fits all. Yeah. To your particular condition, will fennel be okay? You need to profile that and then make a decision. Okay. Thank you. Uh, what else? Um, I wanted to show kapha in the slide. Then, okay, wrong food combinations. I wanted to show this one. Um, let me know if any one of you feel something stands out or if you already know about it. Beans should never be mixed with fruit. I mean, you won't even think of mixing beans with fruits. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, but cheese, you know, yeah. cheese, you cheese. Know, see most of the Mexican dishes, right? They Meat. put like cheese and beans. They really don't go well together. See, again, what I'm going to say is balance and moderation is the mantra of Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. So when I say no, that doesn't mean you should never do it in your life. If you eat healthy 80 to 85% of your life, 15 to 20%, you can get away with this. Okay. Mm -hmm. But generally, if you, if you are in a habit of eating beans and cheese, every time you make a beans dish, that will compromise your digestive fire because they don't go together. Beans and eggs don't together. And you know that two proteins need not be mixed now. Even Western medicine is telling fish milk so these are the some things that don't go well uh, with one another and that compromises the digestive fire eggs with fruit even that feels a little for me so certain things stand out like oh body says no but some people may not know it and some cultures may be doing it avoid them and see how your digestion does because you will see an improvement Another important thing is most of the people eat fruit and yogurt in the morning. That is also a really wrong combination. That is a classic um, formula for lowering your digestive fire. So most of my clients, almost 99% have stopped eating fruit and yogurt now. 
because those two really lower the digestive fire if you were to eat it eat it sometime later in the day but eat them separately never mix yogurt with fruits they never go well the enzymes get confused what to secrete um who would know <laughs> i didn't want to i've been eating fruit and yeah i've been doing everything wrong no wonder i broke out in hives who is this lulu lulu okay oh sorry yeah. to hear so please yeah pay attention to this if you want to take a screenshot of this page um don't mix these as i'm saying not 100% at least try 80% of the time not to mix it like this and you will see tangible results you i'll definitely i did a screenshot yeah okay thank you so i don't mind taking questions now it's almost 2:45 so let's wrap it akshata hi this is deepak yeah hi so um i see that you are referring to basmati rice only what are your thoughts on other kinds of rice like sona masuri oh okay um good question sona masuri if you see look at the rice it is thick and bulky right basmati is thin and slender i personally in my life eat only basmati rice the reason is that doesn't create more starch sona masuri is tasty it is good it has a room for itself you can eat it once in a while but if it creates a lot of starch it creates a lot of mucus and it increases kapha dosha and me being subdominant is kapha dosha and pitta kapha so i don't eat sona masuri um but if you want to increase kapha in your body uh, if you are vata dominant then sona masuri will be a blessing but if you are pitta and kapha or kapha or pitta then sona masuri is not that good i mean you can eat it once in a while but i would not eat that kind of rice every day okay Because got it, it. very starchy okay um so uh, you know how in india they actually boil it in water and then they uh, drain off the starch and then uh-huh. eat the rice what do you think of that that is good that is intelligent that's a classical ayurvedic way of doing it actually that's the reason they would do it the elders even okay. i have seen my grandmother and all but now we don't do it here right 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 uh, they did that because they would take the excess starch out at that time and the rice also tastes tasty uh, doing it that way if you have observed uh, it has yeah, more, yeah. more flavor to it so if you are doing it that way it should be okay but okay. uh, in general sona masuri puts on weight puts on bulk and uh, it also brings lot of lethargy in got mind. it yeah so, that makes sense okay yeah. thank you no worries i'm so glad you came are you a rupa sister yes i am oh finally yeah I finally to see your face but at yeah. least welcome yeah <laughs> thank you so this is my website if you want to know more about me and um, you can check it out and i also have my podcast dosha karma dharma so i do talk about ayurveda yoga and vedanta you can check out uh there are few episodes now i'm planning on doing more regularly so any questions before we wrap but thank you for attending and i hope this was helpful It was very helpful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's a good starting point, you know.
Yeah, it's a good starting point. And that's what I just, my goal of doing this weekly satsanga is to sow the seed of Ayurveda in your mind. So at least, you know, you will know what Ayurveda is all about. And then when the time is right, you can start applying it. Yes. Thank you again. And let me know if you have any topics for my weekly satsangas. I will be doing these on Sundays until this pandemic, you know, this seems to be a long haul now. Um, everybody's stressed. We are all in, you know, this is something new for the whole humanity. We don't know where this is going to lead us. I would like to do this every Sunday and connect here and uh, just share what I believe in in Ayurveda, but please do let me know topics that you want me to address so that I can uh, include those and we can talk about those and share. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank Namaste. You. Namaste. Namaste. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.